Welcome to the Essay for FAs Retirement Advisor Podcast, a series that addresses issues of importance to financial advisors when dealing with the preeminent issue on their clients' minds, namely their desire for financial independence. I am your host, Gil Weinrich of Seeking Alpha, and today's topic is the advisor-relevant implications of a policy paper by the Washington, D.C.-based think tank Brookings entitled, Can Annuities Become a Bigger Contributor to Retirement Security? A new paper by Brookings economist Martin Neal Bailey and Northwestern University economist Benjamin Harris totals 22 pages, and I will strain to describe it in this brief podcast. The paper is very nicely written and offers many valuable insights. In other words, I recommend it to those who might be interested. I can also tell you that, as someone who has read such papers over a period of decades, it also very much fits within a genre. The writers are academics, and they labor to explain the so-called annuity puzzle, which probes why economists love, even long for, annuities, while consumers shun them. The authors of this paper sound almost pained by this rejection. The reason is they feel that an 80-year-old who has run out of money would be hard-pressed to get a job, add health problems, and even a findable job would be impossible to perform. Social Security benefits, they note, are not all that generous. Factor in Medicare premiums taken out of Social Security and the income rapidly vanishes. They assume that living with relatives or in a Medicaid-funded nursing home is less than desirable, and yet even were one to do that, it doesn't fully solve the problem of having run out of money. Bailey and Harris also note that the risk of living long is not grasped by looking at averages found on longevity tables. I think this is a very important point. They urge people to look instead at the distribution of possible lifespans. For example, a 65-year-old woman has an 85% chance of living another decade, a 53% chance, that's better than a coin flip, of living two decades, and a 13% chance, that's still plausible, of living for three more decades. Their concern, and the reason they, like most of their colleagues in the academy, favor annuities, is the wild uncertainty around longevity creates a problem for people with fixed assets who are not extremely wealthy. And that is why we have a public policy think tank writing on this topic. They understand America's demographics and don't want to see large swaths of elderly Americans impoverished, given the essentially subsistence income one can expect from Social Security minus Medicare premiums. But opposite the ivory tower is the world of consumers, who are confused by annuity products, with their dizzying array of options, riders, time frames, payment choices, and issuer creditworthiness, not to mention suspicion of brokers, fear of fees, and worries that their untimely death may make the product not worth it. Bailey and Harris offer a number of ideas, such as expanding the market for income annuities to increase competition and involving employers in the provision of annuities so they can negotiate fees downwards. But I'll move on from the public policy considerations and get to two more key points of relevance to financial advisors. One key insight is that the authors argue that people do like annuities even if they say they don't and don't buy them. Their proof is the defined benefit pensions of yore before the near total shift to 401k type retirement plans. People loved their pensions, which is what an annuity is, but they saw them as a free fringe benefit provided by the employer, while their 401k is viewed as their property, which they're not willing to manage via an insurance strategy like annuities. So it's a framing problem. A further key insight is that a household that thinks it might want extra lifetime income to supplement Social Security might assume that the annuity comes at the expense of a portion of its stock and bond retirement portfolio. 
but the authors argue that an annuity performs a function similar to bonds in stabilizing the portfolio, making it unnecessary to hold bonds. The portfolio implication is clear. The household can invest as much as they were originally planning to invest in stocks, but now with the comfort of increased lifetime income, so they can go ahead with their travel plans and bequest to their children as before. The trade-off is simply dying young, in which case they will lose on their investment, although of course they may die at an old age and get a great return on their investment. And so our academic duo, rightly concerned with retirement insecurity in America, arrive at a reasonable financial strategy for advisors to consider for their retired clients. A healthy component of aggressive investments supplemented by, and made possible by, a guaranteed income component. And that income offers a higher payout than bonds pay because the early death of annuitants subsidizes the benefits of those blessed with long lifespans. Thanks for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please leave a review on Apple or Google Podcasts so that others can discover this series. Meanwhile, you can contact me at gill at seekingalpha.com if you have feedback or requests, and make sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts.